0: With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. To the new one of us podcast a discovery of any which way but loose the podcast where chris lets me force that movie upon every person on the cast slowly three by three now if you haven't seen any which way but loose it is the best movie of 1978 and oh, wait no sorry
1: Wait, that, that's my... That's next week, Christmas.
0: Yeah, that's that not the
2: yeah, show. Yeah.
1: You're so close. So close.
2: Different witch. Different today. witch. Different, it's
1: different witch. It's a yeah. homonym or a homophone. Which one is it? I can never remember. No, we are doing a Discovery of Witches, which is a series based on the
0: series of books called the All Souls Trilogy. It is in its second season. And out of the four of us here, Jen, I think, is the only one who's watching it regularly in advance. And have read the
2: books. Ooh. Uh, okay. <laughs> It's true. Look, I had a job, I did lots of driving, I listened to them on audio. They are long ass books. Hey, hey,
3: hey. Don't you ever feel ashamed for listening to an audiobook?
2: Oh, I don't. <laughs> zero, zero shame in my trash books. Which this is not. That's this is actually bad. a good book. Okay. Well,
3: uh
0: before we get too far into it, I am Ben. You have just heard Jennifer there. Hey everybody. We also
1: have Doggett. Discovery Doggett. And we have TC. I guess Discovery Dewitt. Eh? <laughs> That that one works.
0: But yeah, so this, as I said, is based off a book series. And in the second season, we are still following the main characters, uh, played by
1: Teresa Palmer and Matthew Good. They are a witch and a vampire who fell in love I did they mention at any point in this series that witches and vampires aren't supposed to be together I just I, maybe I missed it
2: yeah there's a whole a whole conversation about it in, in season one
1: Oh, uh, I'm actually being sarcastic because they take every opportunity to mention this a shotgun season one I'm well aware
2: dang it I'm out already <laughs> yeah
1: shotgun bros
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah uh Matthew good plays Matthew Clermont who is one of the a member of the oldest vampire family or one of the oldest vampire families in the world. Um, uh, basically, the patriarch while his, well, under his mother, who's still alive after his father's dead. And Palmer plays Diana Bishop, a witch who... Did not know her powers because she was power locked for a while and kind of started discovering them in the first season. And by this time in the second season, well, they're being chased after by basically the cabal of all mystical beings that says, yeah, you can't fucking be together. And they (laughs) went back to, was it, 1591 this season, I believe, Mm -hmm. um, in London, and they're trying to find the Book of Life. And while their whole families are trying to help them and try to figure out what the fuck's going on with the Book of Life, what they need to do in the present day. And I feel like that's kind of a good jumping off point there, uh, unless somebody else wants to add some more to that plot that I'm missing. (laughs)
1: nope <laughs> I mean, you got it. i'm ready to hear what people think about good. this particularly jennifer since she was already watching
3: this without being prompted
2: i feel like it's unfair for me to go first because i was already a fan of it so other people can go first if they want
3: no me me and tc's brains are fried right now we need you to lay down a basic foundation of plot otherwise it's just gonna be <laughs> i thought i just
1: did it, i i think i could speak for for my myself but also probably for a good portion of people who are gonna check out this review. I didn't I'd never heard of this show. I'd never heard of the All Souls trilogy, uh book series. I did not know this existed. Nor did I understand how to find it when I was like what network is this even at?
2: It was real low key when it came out.
0: That was the thing is I um I had only just heard about like 2 days before Chris posted it because I was recommending shows to Tessa one of our other reviewers and she was like, "Yeah, I was watching this. Like I really liked that first season. I knew the new season's coming out." I'm like what is it? And she's like, um, it's like witches and vampires by way of the Tudors. There's that much fucking. I'm like, okay. It's, <laughs> it's sexy
3: times in a library.
1: Mm. I have that bookmark. One of us said this off camera, uh, the off recording, that we were gypped on the amount of sexiness we were promised in this series.
2: At least in the second season. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Over-delivered in season one, under-delivered in season two, which is interesting. I mean, we
1: get that uh, pretty good one. Like It took like four episodes. Which, like Was it Marcus and Phoebe? We only got three sex scenes in the entire thing, and Marcus and Phoebe in episode eight was through montage. Sorry, were you counting? You- uh, pff, no, I don't I have a no. database of sex scenes. <laughs> That'd
3: be weird. So, well, he counts with his fingers, I mean, and once he gets to the thumb, that's when the good times start.
2: <laughs> I was actually really happy about that story arc, because in the book, you don't get much of it. I mean, you get Marcus going to the auction house because there's some artifact he's been sent to go get, but you don't really get much of their relationship starting. You just get... Oh, they're together now. That's a thing. So I thought it was really cool the way that they gave, they brought all that in.
1: I'll be honest, that storyline interest interested me more than the nineteen or the fifteen ninety one storyline. I was more interested in Marcus and Phoebe. Yeah. I thought that those two actors had better chemistry. It was the way they developed as characters and what the way their romance developed felt less derivative somehow mm-hmm. than the way our main characters. Unfolded in season one del leonce
0: who they got to play phoebe who you might know from black mirror She's fantastic in this one. She just comes in with so much charisma Too beautiful beautiful woman as well yes. like Yeah, no marcus. I don't blame you you, you, you fall for that go for it
1: But it, the, there was a breath of fresh air in episode four when we moved away from our diana plot and returned to to present day and I, I feel like you could almost jump in at that point to understand what the modern elements of the story is and they did a whole lot of setup for a third season without a lot of payoff so much so that the cliffhanger for this finale was five or six things but none of it was so world shattering it felt more like a mid-season finale as opposed to like this is the season finale come back next year
2: (laughs) that's the most interesting point of all of this for me i so i got to watch the first season right when it came out and that I had never heard of it I saw a couple trailers and it stuck in my brain and I downloaded it and watched the whole thing loved it so then I went and read the books mm-hmm. and the problem that, the problem in quotey fingers that the books have <laughs> is the lady who wrote them Deborah Harkness her master's thesis was on ashmole so these oh. books are all really long and verbose. They're like 800 <laughs> page long books that are a love letter to the 1590s and all of Go the feeder. lore of that and alchemy. Right. Wow. So the books are very, very verbose. This story, there are 5000 things happening simultaneously in all of the books, especially in book two, which I think is the longest, unless I'm mistaken. The thing for me that i was wondering how they were going to tackle is how are you going to keep this to three seasons not have it be a slog keep the relevant things and ditch all the extraneous bits because mm-hmm. there's a lot of extraneous things and i will say mm-hmm. that i've got to give these showrunners a lot of credit they did a great job of trimming the fat there are several storyline, there are yeah. several storylines in there that you could just ditch and it doesn't take away from where it's going and the momentum mm-hmm. they did a good job of keeping it going but i think the The reason you're feeling that there were some feelings truncated and a lot of stuff just we didn't get a lot of it is because it took eight hundred pages for her to get there, and uh. they were trying to ditch through it and skip a bunch of things, so a lot of the formative like they went from we're gonna maybe consider dating and then not to all of a sudden we're a married couple with kids, and stuff is happening. There's mm-hmm. a lot in between that that they just kind of ditched
3: okay, it makes a lot of sense, so what you're saying is this is a fantastic adaptation,
2: yes. I rarely ever say that of books, but this is a really well done adaptation. It could have been a slog. Honestly, I probably would have enjoyed it still if it was a <laughs> sure. two thousand episode long thing. It could be, it's that good, but they did a really good job of keeping this short and to the point and keeping the things you care about in it.
1: The the way magic is presented. It's less mm-hmm. Harry Potter and a little more Lord of the Rings Game of Thrones, where it's it's yes. subtle in its nature and it's yep. it builds. And it's scholarly. Off, yeah. Yeah,
2: I love that about it, especially the visual way that they represent magic with the threads and the spinning and all that. I loved that, That, because that was such a huge part of the books, the weaving of things. And I was wondering how they were going to do it. I think they did a great job with that. It was cool to watch.
0: I will say, we do need to get into that tiny bit of the lore, because I even asked about some of those things like... Uh, I skimmed season one. You know, sometimes we have a lot of stuff on a review plate to begin with. And then it's like two seasons of TV to play catch up. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, And basically it was like, hey, so vampires can just go out in the day. Do they address that? And that's pretty much the, the books and show pretty much hinge on that idea of, yeah, lore comes from humans, and humans had a few centuries of different people handing it off and misinterpreting it, and that's pretty much where we're at. So vampires can go out in the day.
1: Everything you think you know about vampires is human propaganda. That's the line from yep, episode that's, four.
2: That's pretty much it. Isn't that yep. just
3: modern vampire lore now? Mm-hmm. Does that? I feel like that's every vampire thing now is, you know what? The not going out in, at during the daytime. That limits story so much. <laughs> at least they don't sparkle.
1: I
0: was going to say, there's also demons. Thank God demons. for that. Which I think as far as when I quickly read the Wikipedia, demons are explained as they're just people that don't really fit in a society. They're just kind of weird and quirky. It's like, oh, thank Wait, you, Wikipedia. for One of us show. on Net
3: reviewers?
2: <laughs> You're not supposed to reveal our secret, Doggett. Shamit. it. Shame.
0: Um, But yeah, part of the thing is there. So um, Diana is like supposed to be like the master weaver, which she finds out progressive is like, oh, I can weave and create spells, which most people can't out of everything. And it's like, oh, that's cool. And she's like basically looking for a trainer most of the season, which we kind of left out. And also Matthew was in 1591 when it was 1591. So he's stuck trying to deal with his life there. I
1: thought that was a cool way to approach the time travel aspect of this season because they do go from the modern day to to – fifteen ninety one and he just inserts himself into his life there. And people are like, Hey, you shaved your beard and you cut your hair. I don't know if I like it. You're acting different. What to your what's your earring? What's with your accent? What's going on here? And I thought that was a really neat way to deal with time travel
2: yeah agreed i
0: think um, overall for me i was saying like i like to try to marathon a show closer to when we're going to review it just because there's so much content to keep there so i was trying to do that this week and i had some issues with marathoning this partially because as tc was saying it does have some odd disparate threads you feel like and you're missing it feels like you're missing a step sometimes but you're not fully missing a step but overall i kind of still really dug this like the acting is solid. I've always liked Matthew good. Teresa Palmer is uh, a very solid actress as well. Like they they have some chemistry. It's just like the season doesn't seem to know what to do with that because Matthew has to feel so much into his time and she's supposed to be trying to find things. And it's just like, great, you're kind of like not giving anyone a real peek into this chemistry. I think it takes to like episode four when you first meet Marcus or is it three when you meet uh, – four when you meet Marcus. It starts to get there and I think five and six start to come and be like the strongest episodes when you get more into Matthew's family and like less of them trying to hide themselves and more of them trying to deal with like this culture shock thing and like conflict. And it's like, no, this is actually riveting now. We didn't need them like ducking between the shadows and sniping at each other about, I need to do this. No, I need to do this. No, my family. No, my family. So please. I, I'm sure you've had time for this in the first season that I just skipped through. How can please. I protect
1: you? All right, Christian Grey, chill. I'm a woman of my own. making. <laughs> <thinking.
2: laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I, I know you, you probably don't want to hear it, but we do feel, I believe I'm going agree- to get some agreement here from my colleagues. This does have some Anne Rice-ness to it. It does have some Anne Rice. It's, it is not Anne Rice through and through because Anne Rice tends to have a very gothic sexiness to it. It's just oozing with sex.
3: I was about to say, Anne Rice has sex. It's a lot of sex.
1: And this series does not.
3: Yes, this is just, this, this, this is a this is a very nice kind of intellectual, you know, tale of creatures of the night and also of vampires and witches.
0: <laughs> I mean, look where it takes from Anne Rice is the good parts of Anne Rice the things that are good about like interview with a vampire and all of that where it's like yes you have some good deep lore and what it's like to be alive through so many different centuries and all of that they do a great job with that and like the mysticism behind it and with what they do to be different and kind of deeper and like the threads for witches it makes that as a good parallel to their world and I think overall it makes the best balance between some of that Anne Rice style I, I, the way I saw when I saw the trailer was like it feels like Anne Rice meeting uh was it becoming human or being human the british show about monsters living together mix some of that whereas like that kind of gothic historical deep-seated vampire stuff from that and kind of the romance and kind of living a normal life as monsters thing from being human and it's like that's it's kind of a good starting point if you're trying to look into this and if also you like romance and occasional tutors level sex scenes mm-hmm. first historical season, romance
2: yes, but, yeah like really verbose like rich textured historical romance, this is definitely the genre for you, especially the tie-in with Anne Rice. Like it's, I think the readers are the same Mm -hmm. for sure. I enjoyed Anne Rice when I was a kid because I loved the mythology and like the world building and all of that, like the deep lore aspects of it. I enjoyed this for the same reason. It does that same kind of setup for you. So I see that. I don't feel the same, but I think the readers are the same because I enjoyed both of them. So I obviously I am said reader,
1: and I do think that goes to the audience that this show is for. I, that if you are a fan of this genre of historical romance, of the horror realm romance stuff, you're you're already on board for this. And it's not blockbuster, over the top CW vampire diaries or the raw, bloody, ooh HBO True. Uh, True Blood, it's it yeah. does feel grounded, and that's both a positive and a negative. Because if you're looking for more sharp teeth tearing out throats, this isn't for you. If you're looking for more sexy sex scenes, this isn't for you.
3: Oh, okay, okay. Oh, bye, doggy. <laughs> <laughs> bye, doggy. Yeah. Dog
2: it out. Yeah, if you're if you're a fan of world building and the lore, and you want something that feels a bit more fresh in the vampire genre. This is for sure that. I mean, it, it ties in elements that aren't discussed a lot in vampire stories, like the DNA aspect and the study of genealogy and all of that kind of stuff. The, mm. the why are forget, that they thing. Cool too. Yeah, like, I dug The fact that, about that it gets
0: in the science and, and mixing in with it is actually really cool because, you know, you get more than just um, uh, what's it, alchemical stuff. Like, they're like, because there's even the point where somebody asks in 1591, it's like, oh, you mean like alchemy is like, Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just we understand it better now. It's like, oh, well, that's awesome. Like, I appreciate that when you can mix the mystical with science sometimes. And a lot of things leave that out. That's one of the things why I love The Witcher stories so much is because there's, like, a deep-seated bit of actual science that, like, The Witcher universe seems to believe in. There's also some weird stuff where The Witcher seems to hint that they might be our actual past. But that's that's just (laughs) the joys of that weird fucking series if you actually get deep into it. But I digress. I'm getting off sidetrack now.
1: Phoebe put it really well in the... It's finale, uh, maybe the last episode of the penultimate, that as demons and vampires and humans, we need to evolve, which is as well, we need to evolve, we need to uh, amend our beliefs. The only way to move forward is together. And that's no a more borders. Very, it's a, well, no more borders. Yeah, That's a very strong <laughs> message to, to use genre of storytelling for because it reflects onto us.
2: Agreed. It's interesting to me to see how lightly they touch on that in the the show versus in the books. In the books, I mean, there's easily three, four hundred pages of the science aspect of it and the understanding the genes and the lines of the witches and where they came from and how their powers have diminished over time and all that stuff. They do a good job of making that a focal point without beating you to death with a bunch of jargon that you're not going to care about anyway. Hmm. I think it was it was tasteful, what they put in and what they didn't.
0: That's fair. But yeah, why don't we start rolling on the final thoughts, Jen?
2: I absolutely loved the first season. The first season felt really organic and authentic to the book. The second season, I definitely felt the truncated nature of trying to cram everything into 10 episodes. I wish it was longer. I wish that there, there were a lot of things they cut out. I wish they had kept in. Um, the Septour scenes in fifteen the 1590s uh, where they get to meet Philippe, they spend a couple months there and hmm. there's a lot more of Philippe in it. And he's great such character. a great nuanced character. It was really good, yeah. You only got the surface of him in the show. There's so much more to him and his story and the connection between him and her that de- and Diana that develops. Like, that's the one thing of the whole season that I really think was done way too lightly. I think they did such a great job of it. They there's tension where there needs to be tension. There were only a couple moments where they focused on things that I was like, ah, I just wish you wouldn't. <laughs> I I think that Teresa Palmer's acting I enjoyed more in the first season than the second. I think Matthew Good got more screen time than I expected in the second season. Like hit he, he stepped up and she stepped back a bit. And I, I have a feeling that might have been direction rather than what she brought to the table. Like something feels a little bit different for me. I feel like she um, didn't have a
0: lot to do for the first half of the season, too.
2: Yeah, it, that part felt a bit cumbersome for me. The, the development of the characters, of those two characters, felt a little cumbersome for me. So overall, I think I'm going to give this, I'm going to say eight and a half out of 10 random flintlock rifles.
0: <laughs> all right. We'll just have one now. Uh, Doc, as say, Doc, we haven't heard much from you on this one. What do you think?
3: Well, as you all know, me and TC Maradon this together. You know, just sitting back <laughs> on the couch,
1: just broing hand, out. Hand to paw. Just.
3: And uh, <laughs> the first season is kind of boring. I didn't really enjoy it very much. But the second <laughs> season, I can tell you the moment where I did start to like it. It's the moment where this goddamn witch starts growing energy trees out of her arms. From <laughs> that very moment. <laughs> moment, I was sold. And I, I wish I could have got more of that because I actually find the magic in the show extremely interesting. It's, so you say they go more into this in the books? Like, do we see more a of the magic? A lot other? more.
2: A lot more. Three quarters okay. of the second book is all a discovery of magic. All so of it. So
3: I would, I would say, like, just... It, the series does one aspect of its job very well. It makes me want to re revi- it makes me want to visit the source material. And I think I will look into those audiobooks because reading is They're for suckers. They're great audiobooks. Yes. <laughs> but no, I would pr- I would say look, if you're like if CW is your main source of the supernatural, you won't like this. If The Witcher <laughs> was more your fancy, there is no Henry Cavill in this. This is for, like, nerds who want their actors to be sexy, but also, you know, they're kind of sexy. I, it's, not, it's not a good description of this. What I'm trying to say is this show is not made for me, but I still found things to enjoy about it. And I think if anything we said here today it makes it sound like you're into it, you should go. You should buy those audiobooks. That's where the show, <laughs> I would say it's okay It has some good moments. I actually really enjoyed, like TC said, Marcus. I actually found his character very interesting. So I'm going to give this 7 out of 10 Well, they only said it one time. They only said Discovery of Witches one time, did they?
1: Once. Well, TC, how about you? What's your final thoughts? This is a perfectly fine show. I don't mean that as a knock. Aesthetically, it's the same caliber as The Tudors. It scratches a similar itch as Outlander and True Blood. But what is missing that those other shows have and other vampire tales have is the sexiness. Vampires (laughs) are the manifestation of sexuality and desire. It is why the works of Anne Rice all the way to True Blood, have such an eroticism to them. And I'm not saying vampires can exist without those things, but a show like this would benefit from having a sexiness, having a sexiness beyond beautiful people speaking in low voices with beautiful clothes and one wedding day making love and one time in montage and a hint of the sort of sexiness we could have gotten in a bite and a kiss. I'm not asking for porn, I just feel like that's a missing (laughs) element here that it makes this show almost feel chased. This series has everything it needs to be fantastic, but it's missing that X factor that would make it something you've already been watching or something you've already heard of. There's so much to watch with streaming content now. The cream is rising to the top. So as far as this show is concerned, if you know about it or have heard about it or are interested in it, you're already watching it. If you're not, this probably isn't for you. And you can find similar things in, like everyone else has said, in The Witcher and Outlander, as I said a moment ago. This is not a terrible show. It's just not the type of show I'm going to be making time for when there are so many more options suited towards my tastes. This is a perfectly fine six out of ten times I thought they were about to have a sex scene.
3: This is very much a wine show. Like, you drink wine oh, while watching
2: yeah, that's- <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yep. Wine and chocolate.
0: Like, I, look, I, this show, I came in with some expectations of, you know, all the sex scenes, which, Look, I may not have watched off season one. There, There is a super cut clip on YouTube. I'm sorry. I just, you know, I was like, <laughs> cool. All the sex scenes, cool. This is what they told me to watch for. Gotcha. As far as this goes, I found this generally to be very entertaining. As I said, the plot is good and the acting, I think, is good overall. Uh, both Teresa Palmer and Matthew Good are really strong actors. I think they do have good chemistry. They just don't get a lot of time in the first few episodes. Like when they're traveling to Pierre's castle, you actually get to see them interacting like together. And it's like, oh, wow you two are great together. I think overall, like the, it's beautiful show. I think their sets and, you know, being, uh, you know, the parts of old London are gorgeous. Um, I like the castles they use. The costumes are really great. It's just a lot of really well thought out television and it looks good. It, it plays well, I think. I think if you have any interest at all in like vampire romance stories and you actually like vampire lore as opposed to Twilight, he must be so mysterious. Mm-hmm. This is for the people who've like, who might enjoy that for the campiness, and then they'll like read Dracula the book and go through all the Anne Rice books and go through all that stuff. Yeah, Jen and I do that. I've done that too. I love that stuff. So this does it for me. I'm a huge history buff. I love the history. The costumes are great. I love history of occult too, and they touch on so many of the you know people's names who come up when you look up the history of the occult in the Elizabethan era and all of that. It's great. All that stuff does it for me. It's just it is a slow season because it feels like it's trying to lay groundwork for more of this lore that they're living through. And it takes till halfway through a 10 episode season to really hit its stride, I think. So if you have an interest in any of that, definitely go watch this because I think it's great. Also, we didn't mention Gallo Glass once. That dude's a badass. He
2: carries the whole freaking series. Is that the sidekick with (laughs) the beard? No, no, it's the
0: blonde, it's the big blonde Nordic looking guy. Yes, okay, that's okay. Yeah, who just, like, shows up with their, like, best friends suddenly. It's like, oh, I love this. So I love good. you. He's uh,
2: amazing in the book. Like, he doesn't get half the lines in the show he gets in the book. He's just... Oh, God. And <sighs> then, Wait till yeah. season three.
0: I, I can't wait. Because now, I mean, look, this is, as Nugget said, it's a wine show. I'm seeing someone. I think they enjoy this. You know, COVID's made this an issue. It's like, cool, this will be one of those ones when season three comes out. Yeah, let's, you know... Sit on the couch, get some wine, get some pizza and watch the watch through this. It'll be great. It's the perfect show for that type of thing because it's a little bit romantic. It's a little bit cute. It's got some deep lore. It's got some blood. There could be some fun there. Go with it. So I'm going to give this eight out of ten times your vampire boyfriend gives you pants.
3: Man, I want to I want (laughs) to read TC's vampire book. Shit sounds hot. All the vampires only wear capes. The witches only wear socks.
0: I am sorry that you say that sounds hot. What about that leather doublet? Come on, that thing was fucking baller.
2: Dude, if you really want a leather doublet, I know people. I can hook you up. I
0: know you know people. I I was going to send a message later, Jen. Come on. I'm into
2: it. I'll hook you up, dude.